0: Hey, Before we get into today's podcast, what I thought I might do was draw your attention to something that I'm doing to help support the podcast, and that is I am doing a Ask Me Anything session. I'm going to put a link in the description so you can check it out. It's going to be happening Sunday, the 1st of May, 2022 at 10am New Zealand time. If you're keen to have a chat and see what it's all about, my topic is going to be the art of being martial also in the link you'll see that you can check out my brand new merch shop yes hopefully you can wear invisible sensei gears because it will make your life your kata and your martial arts better I promise you know guys have a check out in the description and hopefully you can make it love to have you there there are a few things that I promised myself when I started this podcast And one of the cardinal rules, I guess I set for myself, sort of a dojo kun, if you will, was that I was not going to bag other people's podcasts or venture personal opinions about people. But I'm going to rethink that because something interesting has happened in the last few days. And um, I'm receiving a lot of communications about it from people who know me. Uh, asking for my opinion, so I'm going to give my thoughts on Stephen Sagal's interview with Jesse Encamp, or the 24-hour period that Jesse spent training with Stephen Sagal. and it's more about my thoughts on Stephen Segal, to be totally honest. As I say, I don't generally venture opinions about people, but I think Stephen Sagal is an interesting study in many things, and The fact that Jesse and his brother Oliver got to spend time with Stephen Segal I think is awesome and you watch the interview and you come to your own conclusions. So yes, I've been getting this video forwarded to me from YouTube of the interview and asked my thoughts about it and I guess if you ask my thoughts about the interview then it's important to give some context as to how I feel about Stephen Sagal. I have never met Mr. Segal. I have never trained with him. Uh, I have friends that have that have met him in social settings and in training settings, and the opinions vary as they always do. But I want to give you my thoughts on Stephen Segal, not the YouTube Stephen Segal, but I guess what my impressions are of his work. So I remember watching Nico Above the Law back in the 80s as a young kid. And I remember being really, really inspired by it. I'd never really seen Aikido. Uh, I was doing judo and karate at that time. Um, And so I remember some workmates came to work while I was working as a teenager. And started talking about this amazing stiff... um, Tackle technique that this guy who wore a dress It was the oddest description of a hakama That I'd ever heard And people couldn't put their finger on what style he was doing Because no one had ever seen aikido I guess being used by an action start It was all spinning back fists And of course spinning hook kicks And that three combination And two front kick, two, one front kick, two front kick Spinning kick that always missed <laughs> And of course, there was Bruce Lee, who'd been dead a few years at that time, had passed away, but was still the king of kung fu and martial arts movies. So when he came onto the scene, the thing that resonated most with me was the fact that in *Niko*, he was this amazing martial artist who'd gone to Japan as a young man. In the story of the movie, he'd seen this amazing practitioner, which we're led to believe was Morihei Ueshiba. Whether or not that is a factual reference or wishful thinking on on people's part, uh, I'm not going to speculate on. But I mean, if you're an Aikido practitioner and you know your dates and times, you come up with the answer that suits you. Um, so I remember just watching it and thinking, "Wow, what an amazing story!" And it wasn't him being a secret agent; it was really about, I suppose, this skinny kid who saw martial arts and went to the home of martial arts and I remember there's a line in the movie where he says, by the time I was 17 I was training with the masters in Japan, or words to that effect. And that really inspired me. And I think it probably inspired a lot of people, irrespective of style, to go off and follow their dream. And of course, as happens, he put out more movies and there always seemed to be a guiding principle in them that he was this basically untouchable master of martial arts and this fighting machine now don't forget it was back in the 80s so you know in the 90s and so people ate that up i certainly did and i didn't really stop to think i mean i was a big fan of commando Arnold Schwarzenegger and you know Sylvester Stallone to a lesser extent you know there was all sorts of things happening back at that time and we're seeing a re-emergence of those things with the expendable movies now here's where it kind of gets murky so when i think of steven Sagal, i cannot but marvel at the fact that he went to japan and he went to uh, one of the best dojo around for aikido learned the Kenjutsu and apparently other martial arts I think there was some mention of him doing Aiki Jiu Jitsu and he had had some formative training in the states in Gojuru Karate under a sensei called Lou Angel who I'm not familiar with but some of my listeners in America and North America may be and so I was really inspired by that the idea that he went there trained with the Japanese people with all these Japanese masters and was able to open his own door drawer teach his own students in Japan to the Japanese which was sounded like an amazing thing to me and then cut to him coming back to America and doing the fight choreography for a movie I think it was called The Challenge and it had Toshiro Mifune shortly before his death I think in the movie it was a cool movie there was some really cool fight scenes in it Interesting, interesting plot lines, but that was a really cool movie, and I liked I liked it, and it's remained one of my favorites. He was a fight choreographer on that. Now, as this happens, his star began to fade for lots of different reasons. I imagine that his popularity waned. Certainly, the quality of his material started to disappoint in the box office, and of course, you know what do I know about being a Hollywood star? As your star begins to set and you're not perhaps as influential as you once were. I guess it becomes a case of, as they always say, you know, the people that you stand on going up the hill or the people who you pass going down the other side. And I guess I don't know too much about Hollywood and there's a lot of stuff written about him and of course there's, you know, secondhand stories, the famous one of him being choked out by Judo Jean Label. And whether or not those things are true, I'm not really going to really get into a debate about it. My impressions of Stephen Saga have changed over the years, and his behavior as someone who doesn't know him and is purely standing on the outside has become questionable. And is it a case of that the fame became too much? Because there are certainly criminal proceedings that seem to follow him around. But it seems to be a thing with with Hollywood stars that there are alleged charges and so on and so forth and there's all sorts of drama. But when I watched the interview, what I saw was a martial artist with an incredible pedigree let's not get past that I mean I know people who probably don't know too about mar- too much about martial arts kind of bag him and sort of go oh you know he's this big fat has been but you can't get away from the fact that you know he went there and did it but when I watched the interview I saw something really sad I saw for me the impression I got was a man trying to hold on to some vestige of fame and notoriety who perhaps on some level doesn't feel very good about himself now people have asked me what I think about his technical explanations I think they were really cool uh, I don't believe for me that he taught uh, Anderson Silva the front kick that he won his match with I don't believe that I, it's not a question of Stephen Xavier not being able to do it my get it's a question of from a common sense perspective I imagine that Anson Silva had thrown a few front kicks before he ever met you know this movie star Steven Seagal so when I watched it I watched what he was talking about in the technical explanations and telling the MMA fighter not to jump around so much and you know when I do my techniques I've only shown a little bit about you know how I move uh, my technique is such that you know it just smacked of a lack of humility and now humility as I understand it is being able to acknowledge who you are and who you're not we all get older we all get heavier (laughs) most of us we all get slower our limbs, our bodies all those sort of injuries they stack up and there's no shame in that but yeah I guess it's hard for me to separate the Steven Seagal the movie star from Steven Seagal the I don't want to say blowhard but certainly he came across as very officious and very arrogant and sort of seemed to have a lot of thoughts on a martial art that he'd never been a part of and for me I think this is a tragedy there's nothing worse than watching a fighter who doesn't know when to hang up the gloves and if you look at some of Muhammad Ali's later fights you saw that um, Larry Holmes Joe Lewis the historical footage you know that he was fighting way past his prime because he had to continue to do it I think Steven Seagal is a bit like that in that where he could be this elder statesman of martial arts of kenjutsu of aikido and all the cultural experiences that he's had He's become a caricature. He's become something of a meme. And it said, and it said that he's become something that you use as a means to advertise a product. And I I look at that interview and I go, Wow, isn't it amazing in Dubai? In this beautiful restaurant in this wonderful gym and I just sort of think it's a cautionary tale it's a cautionary tale because on the one hand I think it's a transactional thing I think Steven Seagull's being used for his social media cachet on the other hand I think that it's like watching you know that uncle or that father that you have that will tell you what they were amazing at football. You know, they'll tell you the you know, back in my day, we were this and we were this and we were this. There is more to be said, I think, when you meet people at that level who show it through actions. And I'm not talking about Stephen Sagal's weight or his hairpiece or his hair dye or any of those sort of things, because I actually admire what he did. I admire where he went but I find it hard when I watch this once great martial artist kind of looking like a fool and if you're an Aikido practitioner and you're listening to this it's not a bag on Aikido if you watch some of Steven Seagal's earlier footage it's amazing now of course he's speaking in that interview at great length about you know, you should do this, and you should do that, and you should do this, and put your hands like this, and a true punch comes from here, and people think it's all about kata, but no, it's about the waza, I mean, to be honest, it just sounds like a lot of bullshit and a way of keeping myself current, even if I'm saying things that will piss people off, and that are untrue, or, you know, that get a reaction, and it's a shame it's a shame that this once great martial artist is reduced to this and he's become an old man yelling at himself in the mirror as one person described a prominent martial artist to me and he's a cautionary tale and i think that if you're going to do martial arts And if you're going to be doing stuff on social media, you're always going to be open. I know that I get and have had, even on my tiny podcast with my few subscribers on my YouTube channel, you know, I get people coming at me and saying all sorts of, you know, rude, disgusting and hurtful things. But, you know, we chose to put it out here. So it is what it is. And that's what they make the block button for. But, yeah, when I think about that, interview and I think about Steven Seagal I see a once great martial artist whose star has been tarnished by his behaviour and I think it's just another example of why it's important to take what we do in the dojo further than the mat that we're standing on it's more important what we do outside the dojo with what we learn in the dojo and that's my thoughts Uh, and as I say I'm not going to make a habit of commenting on other people's podcasts but these have been my thoughts Steven Seagal has been someone that I have both looked up to, admired been inspired by and then kind of rolled my eyes and moved away which is a shame but hey We're all walking in the same direction, just at different speeds.